Yo, 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 yo. What's, back, better, what's better than one? Two? two? Yeah, exactly, guys. It's season two. Welcome to season two of Schmuck Boys. We have many treats for you this coming season. Is that not true, Marla? Yeah, not only do we have many treats and surprises, even before we start spooky the season, season, it is spooky season. We have a lot of updates because we haven't. We haven't talked to the fans since, to our listeners, since the spring. Yeah, like BBYO convention time. Yeah, so yeah, and that was spring convention. Yeah, so literally it's been the spring. So we have so much to update you guys on. It's actually like, I don't even know where we should start. Just give the biggest podcast update first, because obviously super most and foremost important. You guys are only hearing my voice and Marla's voice right now. We absolutely, absolutely to die for love vaccine. She is our bestie boo five ever. She is happily still with Henry, still amazing. Um, But unfortunately she will not be on the podcast for this season um she's just super busy with work and life and you know that happens sometimes people just get busy it's just not the right time or right place Mm -hmm. Uh, so of course we welcome any fun Maxine comments after this of how amazing she was last season but yeah we we love her to death and she will not be here but you will still get epic updates Yes, as Louise said, we love her, we'll miss her, we're sad that she couldn't be a part of the season, but obviously, you know, as much as we love doing this podcast, it is uh, more of a side project for us. Super time commitment, but we do it for you guys. (laughs) Yeah, and Maxine has to focus on her career, which is more than understandable, but hopefully, who knows, maybe later in the season, she might be able to surprise us we're not really sure it's gonna be like very play by ear but for now it'll just be Libby and I giving you scoop on everything but yes everybody send their love her way absolutely love her could literally talk for a whole episode about how much we love her Mm -hmm. but we also want to get into the nitty-gritty updates so Marla there's a lot you have to share Please yeah. tell us about Israel Mans. Mm-hmm. What happened? Are you still talking to him? Are you still in the city? Like, what's your situation? Are we on different time differences on this call? Like, please elaborate. Yeah, yeah. So last time um, we spoke to you guys, I was still involved with a medical school a man, and oh, I was we don't just, call him Israel man. Oops. Yeah, we call him medical school boy, and um, I was always saying to you guys that I was like technically single, but emotionally not single because that's kind of where I was putting my focus at. So the big update is that I am not just partially single; I'm a hundred percent single because yeah playing the world's smallest violin right now um medical school boy from israel and i are no longer you have an update with that you actually spoke to him yeah so basically what happened is uh we were involved with each other for almost five six months and um 
around like mid May of this year. Um, I all girls know that you can just tell when something is off. It could be the tiniest thing. Like he wasn't doing anything insanely off vibes. It was just really tight. It was like very like certain texts, the way he'd worded them it was minor changes, but I was like, Hmm, the way he's wording that is just like, you were like, I see you a little off. I'm like the, like his, I'm like, it just, you can just girls, like we have an intuition and we know when the vibes are off. It doesn't matter. Yeah, guys, like you're not fooling anybody. We know what you have to say before you're ready. Yep. A hundred percent. It doesn't matter if it's like the smallest change. If something's off, you can tell. And so yeah, like mid-May, was feeling the communication was off, tried to like let the week go by, not say anything. And then I like was still off. And I was like, you know what? Like one of the things that was great about me and him is we had really great communication. Like one of the, like the best I've ever had with a guy. And I was like, you know what? There's no point in me just like being in my head. I'm just gonna ask him like, what's going on? Because I know something's up. And I did ask him and I was right. Uh, basically he was feeling like something was missing. Um, with me and him, um, I politely suggested that it could have been the distance that was making him feel that way, but he was confident that it was not the distance and it was just something else. Something was missing, not there for him. And I'm not gonna lie, it was really rough for me. I really had really strong feelings for him. Um, I felt like the way that I felt about him was something that I hadn't felt before because I feel like when you meet someone people always talk about it's either like the spark that's like a big thing everyone oh like the fireworks the spark right or people talk about oh like you meet someone they make you feel at home and I had never ex- I'd always ex- I'd experienced the spark a bunch of times but I had never experienced the feeling of feeling so comfortable with someone that they it felt like at home I never experienced right. that in my life like then you were fully with COVID at his house like that was like your extension I of mean the yeah yeah I literally we was talked there. about it literally last episode yeah yeah I mean I got COVID in Israel when I was visiting him stayed there an extra week um and yeah like I literally from the very early stages of, of us getting to know each other, he, I felt so comfortable with him that it felt like home. And I was like, wow, like this is what people mean when they say sometimes you meet someone and it feels like home. And I, it was, I think that was part of the reason it was especially, well, it was especially hard for me to get over him ending things. I'm still working through it, honestly. Mm-hmm. And the two big reasons I think it's harder than other situations I've been in is one is because we never really got to give it like a full shot because it was always long distance. And so part, you know, they can't help but have that little bit of like, well, what if we got the chance to like be in person, you know, that, and then the whole thing of like the feeling at home feeling, I'm like, I never felt that before. So is it kind of hard to get over that? But in a weird way, like him ending things was at the same time, the last push to get me out of the East coast, because before I'd met him, I was considering leaving New York um and then when it seemed like he was going to be in Boston I decided maybe I'll stay in New York so I can be close to Boston but then like job hunting wasn't working out and apartment hunting wasn't working out all these things like were that would have kept me in New right. York one after another were falling through and he it you was, thought it was a sign yeah it, it kept, there were all these signs pushing me out of New York and then when that when things ended with medical school boy that was like kind of like yeah, the straw that broke the camel's back I was like okay like I love my friends and family but like, I'm always going to have them no matter where I live, because that's the bond I have with them. Right. But like, there's nothing else keeping me here. 
And so now I am in LA and making LA my new home. And I've um, been here for a month and a half and I love it. Been dating around. Wait, <laughs> but I want to go back really quick before yeah. you speak too much. Yeah. In regards to the moving based off him, based not off him. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of speak on that advice wise or like what maybe you wish you could have told yourself? Do you think it was almost too soon to predict where you were living based off him? Like, can you just kind of explain? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, well, going to L.A. is something that I always thought about, but never knew if I was actually going to do it. And then um after some time, like, and then maybe like towards the end of last year before I went to Israel, which is where I first met him, um, I was feeling a little bit like New York's a little repetitive. I'm getting a little, a little sick of my life in New York, but I wasn't hundred percent sure if I actually wanted to take the leap to move. And then I go to obviously Israel and I meet him and I come back and I come back to New York. And as much as I was happy to be back in New York after I'd been gone for like a month and a half in Israel, I was starting to feel that same feeling of, oh, I'm not loving New York. And that was like aside from medical school guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as my feelings with him grew and things got more serious between us, you know, we were FaceTiming like four times, not four times, we we're FaceTiming for like four hours a day, right. um, every day, talking all the time. And that's like um, with distance too. Yeah. Yeah. And so as, it's like kind of I'm weird. saying like time difference. Yeah, with the time difference. Yeah. yeah. And so it was kind of this weird thing where it was like, as my feelings were growing more and more for him, at the same time, I was definitely feeling like I don't necessarily want to stay in New York. And so I don't know. When then when things got more serious with him, he was trying to figure out his plans for next year because he was going to be in like a, a research year and he had to decide if he was going to be in New York or Boston. Right. And um you know, part of me was pushing for New York and um, he was excited about the idea of potentially being in New York. But at, at the end of the day, he ended up get, getting chosen and chose to go to Boston. And so in my mind, I was like, OK, you know what? As much as I maybe feel like I want to leave New York because he's going to be in Boston, if I go to L.A. or go to Israel, that would be stupid because I would be really far away from him and we wouldn't be able to give things like a fair like chance that at that like long distance. So then my, in my mind, in my mind, I feel people, some people are like, Oh, well don't stay for like for a guy. And I'm like, I get that. And it probably comes across as that. And in a world it was that, but it wasn't just me staying in New York for a guy. It was me staying in New York for me and him, because it wasn't just like, I wanted to stay there for him. I was staying there for me because something that I want in my life, the the way that I want a job and to love the place that I'm living. I also want to find my person and to find a relationship that's important right. to me. And but so the relationship someone with him. Someone argue that it's like sacrificing like your own happiness. Yeah. But for me, yeah. And I, I can totally see how it looks that way. And for some people, I'm sure it is. But for me, it was more like, I don't see it as a sacrifice because like the three things that I want in life, right? A good job, liking where I live mm-hmm. and and like a amazing relationship. So like for me, I was like, I'm not necessarily staying for him I'm saying because I see we talked about this potential I see really Uh, great potential with him and I'm not ready to give that up yet um but I mean yeah in the end obviously like 
like I said, like it was getting close to the end of my lease and I was applying to all these different jobs and I'm a contractor. So it's like a contract uh, gig by gig and all these jobs that I would have really liked were, you know, not working out. And then me and my roommates were trying to find a new apartment and like, again, like could not find an apartment. Yeah. And then, and then with him ending things, it just seemed like, okay, like there, you know, there's, I'm trying, I'm a very much into like signs and karma and like believing that what's supposed to happen. Uh Oh, not one of those. I'm just kidding. I am too. (laughs) But yeah. So I'm like, you know what? It just feels like, (laughs) feels like Hashem is pushing me out of New York and who am I to like resist this? Um, and you know, moving here was really scary at first. I was like, the first day I got here, I actually like was freaking out. I'm like, what am I doing? I just moved across the country and I bought a car and I don't know a single person here. Like, what what am I doing? Right. Um, but then, you know, very quickly I found the Jewish community here. I've been meeting people here and it's been a really great time. And I've been loving it and putting myself out there and going on dates here and meeting LA boys. So um actually it was really funny. I went on a few dates with a guy who was also in medical school. Oh. <laughs> it was like ex- to also be a surgeon no and he was explaining different things to me and in my mind I'm like yeah I know how this process works man <laughs> um Red but flag. yeah so that's but what's very long stigma, update in my what's life. the stigma differentiation between New York City men versus LA men in the brief time you've been there thus far hmm I mean definitely people are like oh like there's way more Persian Jews in LA than there are in New York. Um, Marla's definitely marrying a Persian. <laughs> I mean, in an, in an ideal world, yes. Um, Calling all Persians. <laughs> please skip to this part. <laughs> um, We're going to get a clip know. of just Marla being like, yes. <laughs> yes to Persians. Um, no, I mean, I've, I've dated Ashkenazis too. I've dated Sephardi, Ashkenazi, Persian, at all, Mizrahi. Anyway, so... I don't know. I mean, is there a different? I don't. I mean, I guess the guys here maybe seem more chill than New York because, like, okay. I don't know, New York guys. But that's also New York people in general. New York people like they're a little bit more like it, like more stressful dating in LA. Mm-hmm. Honestly, or I feel like, like because everything is at all an element. I feel like it's hard to say if I really feel a difference yet because everything is so new here that. I don't know. I don't necessarily have a negative feeling yet or negative idea of like LA Jewish guys yet. Just You're because. in the honeymoon phase of your Ex- movie. Exactly. I'm in the honeymoon phase of being in a new place. It's so funny because I've met some girls who are like a little older than me, maybe a few years. And they're like, "Ugh, I want to move to New York to meet New York Jewish guys because I don't like LA Jewish guys. I'm you so with roles with you. Literally. And I'm like, but I, I'm like, I get it though. I think if you're in any place, it doesn't matter if it's New York, LA, Miami, Israel, whatever, you're in one place for a long enough time, it starts to feel like, ugh, like you always want what you can't have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like even in college, you're like, ugh, like I'm over it. Yeah. Like I've already the frats and the this and the that. Like you already know what's out there. Yeah. So it's like the weeding out gets so hard. When you're a freshman, it's like three ages older than you. Yeah. And you're a sophomore. There's only two ages older than you. But you probably already know those people really well by now because you just spent a year Mm -hmm. in Greek life. 
then it's like junior year, even less options because you're not going younger Mm -hmm. unless you really want to. And I know a lot of girls had like a stigma against that. Yeah. So the options just get smaller and smaller and smaller. Right. Also, like, at least for me, like in my school, I was like, I, I knew like going to freshman year, like I'm not finding my husband in this school. That's so funny. Because I was like in Buffalo Mm -hmm. and the Jewish boys were just like, it just wasn't, it wasn't what I wanted. Mm -hmm. Like, and to be honest with you, I didn't even know what I wanted, but I was just like, guys, it's just not happening here. Like I told Mm -hmm. my mom, I was like, mom, I'm finding someone when I get back home after I graduate. That's that was so funny because right. I, I was right. You were right, but I think it's funny because I think a lot of people, including myself, go to college with the mentality of, oh, like maybe I'll meet like my person when I'm in college. As, yeah, it definitely depends. Also, I think where you went to school, and I think that college was like made to like find your whatever mm-hmm. where. So there's some schools that are built different in that sense, or like yeah. each school has their own personality. I, it's like. And then also the couples that you would see like in college that were dating forever in college, when you see them break up, you're like, does love exist? Does love exist? Like, I just want to say, guys, since we last spoke, like breakup season is in full swing and cuffing season, fall is like coming up. Like, right? There have been a lot of breakups. I just like need to address that elephant in the room. Like, so many college relationships that I was rooting for. Mm. So many celebrity relationships. Crazy. I think it's, yeah, I know what you mean. It's crazy. I can think of a couple of couples off the top of my head that like dated either like maybe like the second half of college and then dated after college. And we all thought like that was going to be you're like, oh, I'm them. going to that wedding. Like, yeah. We were going. Yeah. And then they break up and you're kind of like, oh shit. Like, wow, I didn't expect that. But like, I, I said that- though. Yeah. And I found out that a couple that was together for like six years was not. And I was like, oh my God. Like, I mean, people change a lot after college. So it, and it that, that makes so much sense, but it's just crazy how invested you get. Because if you saw the couple grow in college, you're like, they're just meant to be like, it's just mm-hmm. happening. Like how could, how could it end? Like, girl, you're not even in the relationship. Like sit back down. It'll be okay. Drink a glass of water like if she's okay you're okay like yeah. you know what I mean but it 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 really it is crazy lots lots of breakups and we're definitely going to have more conversations this season about mm-hmm. exes and breakups because we talked a lot about relationship building mm-hmm. we're kind of gonna spend some time chatting about that this season so there's a little teaser for you um, Libby, I want to know how are things with you and Jack? How was your summer with him? Did you guys went on a cruise, right? Like, tell us a little bit about what's yes. going on with Jack. Yes. So when we last left off, we had not been on our cruise yet. And the cruise was going into a year and a half of dating. Now we're at like a year and eight months, but two years of knowing each other as of basically when this episode comes out, which is insane. Um, but yeah, we went to Bermuda on a cruise, didn't want to push him off the boat one time. It was amazing. (laughs) Um, it's, it's also just like a huge testament because like you're put in one room and you go to all that, these activities together. I was, um, team sunscreen 
and team food. And he was like, team like bathing suits packed like we literally knocked up like each team's like made itineraries for each day um it just like was good because we were able to see like what kind of travel partners we are Mm -hmm. and we were just really on the same page throughout went to the gym ate salads every meal (laughs) so and it was fun we got to see shows um some comedy footloose um i'm a huge cruise gal i'm also a huge camp gal so like are we surprised because cruises camp for a week and i die every couple that we met like because honestly i would say we were pretty young couple because we met like people in their late 20s 30s to like 80s and then we met like high school kids and like vibed out with the high school kids for a lot of the trip. And like, we're still in touch with some of them. Like they were all like dealing with all this, like, Oh, like who's into who drama. And it was like adorable to watch. And you just see like Jack giving them like dating advice. And then the older people being like, you remind us of us when we were that age. <laughs> this is our 400th cruise. Oh. And we're like, yes, yes, we're going to be a cruise couple now. Um, so yes, we booked our next cruise, which is actually coming up in December. And we're going to the Bahamas. So then we can sing Bermuda, Bahama, come mm, on. And I'm actually really excited about this one because we're going on a really cool excursion. Not that we didn't like the last time Mm -hmm. we went to the beach, like Horseshoe Beach. This time we're going to swim with pigs. It'd be so cool. Which is wild. And I'm going to, yes, I'm going to make a joke about how I can't eat them, but I can swim with them. (laughs) Iconic. I mean, Mm -hmm. hello, Cheryl Cohen swimming with pigs. Like get ready for all the content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a Jewish mom being like, oh, don't touch me. You're not kosher. <laughs> Literally like, I just foresee everything happening. In yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's the update there in regards to the cruises. Um, yeah, it, it's really crazy being like, oh, my God, like this happened a year ago. This happened two years ago now. And just looking mm-hmm. back because we really did build something special during COVID. And now we're in such a different time. Um. We're celebrating Sukkot together, which will be fun. And yeah, Yom Kippur last week, craziness. I'm trying to, I'm I'm really trying to think, was there anything else that happened in my life, Marla? Mm. I got super into skincare. Mm. I suffered from like rosacea during COVID. It actually took me legitimately a year to like get rid of redness on my face. I feel like your skin looks really clear. Like, actually, though. So that was, like, my own little accomplishment. Um, I got to go to more Jewish events, which was obviously really cool and important for me. Mm -hmm. Any notable ones? Yes. So I got to meet Nir Barkat, an Israeli Knesset member and former Jerusalem mayor Mm -hmm. um, with these... Israeli consulate and it was an incredible event we got to talk about anti-semitism my experience with like my whole birthright video almost got taken down Mm -hmm. um what it's like being Jewish online and just combating comments 
And his kind of main message was really try not to focus on the people that you can't reach that have already formed their opinions, mm-hmm. but the people who might not know as much. So I really took that to heart. Um, and actually I've had like a few special encounters recently where I've just met people randomly, like who I didn't know at all. And then Judaism comes up and we're like, oh yeah, like Yom Kippur. And they're like, yes, like have a safe fast. Like they, they know like the lingo, they know about the holidays. They're very mm-hmm. openly not Jewish and they get it. Like mm-hmm. even yesterday, someone was like, oh yeah, Sukkot's coming up. Like enjoy, mm-hmm. enjoy the like tent. And I'm like, that's cool that like people care enough to yeah. one say that to know because there's so many holidays. So mm-hmm. just, just, yeah. Focusing on, on that part of Jewish identity, I think is really dope. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely something that unfortunately we know many Jewish creators have to deal with. And that's also something we'll talk about um, this season as we usually try to, have at least in some of our episodes is when we interview different people is how do they deal with it on their platform or their pages um I always learn a thing or two from them also yeah mm-hmm. and I'm almost hitting my goal that's another thing I'm almost hitting my goal of 50k yeah wait where are you at do you know 46.3 okay that's not bad you're I feel like you could do that I don't know what's your goal about end of the year or next year like what are you thinking yeah I guess so honestly you know it's so funny because I feel like so many people think in numbers like mm-hmm. with influencers and stuff I more so think in the opportunities that can come from mm-hmm. what I've done already with the little amount so yeah. I really think much further you know mm-hmm. because I I feel like I'm I'm doing a good job mm-hmm. so far like I feel proud of what I'm doing mm-hmm. so I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully soon. And I'm making a video for Wall Street Grill this this weekend. Um, oh, that's cool. Really love their food. Shout out Wall Street Grill. Um, Jack and I are going on a date there and went with a few friends. Going to be hopefully planning events with some Jewish influencers in the city and maybe get them to talk about their dating experience on here. Yeah, that'd be cool. All right. Any other? I don't think there's any other... Any other Jewish updates. news? Oh, or updates. But, right, yeah. Um, oh, this is like a tip, I would say. So I went out with this guy here, and or it was like literally one date, and it was just a couple hours long. And guys, after you have a date, unless you are literally a thousand percent positive that this girl is head over heels and wants to see you again, do not ask her out again right after the day is over i feel like this is not the first uh, time it's marla happened. do you want to like, go out like marla. you need to let it breathe after a date you should not be asking i don't know that about much. that though because he dropped me off and an hour later was like asking me out on another date and i like had to say nice. no and then after i said no he like was trying to get me to give him like a reason okay annoying but it's kind of nice and attractive I think if someone doesn't play the waiting game no I don't think it's a I don't think I'm not I'm not even encouraging the waiting game guys so much because then we tell them oh they don't text us after the day and now but I think there's a difference between like I think it was text a girl after day and maybe say like had a great time totally do that had a nice time something nice like that was nice No, because then i'm wondering if i'm supposed to go again 
No, but I just think like even if the big goes well, like I think people want like the second to like breathe and like think about the date in their own head and like decide. I don't know. I just think guys will get ahead of themselves sometimes. I think the opposite. I think mm-hmm. they take too long to reach out. Or well, I think it depends on the guy. You. They'll ghost you like. I always thought I was really attractive if someone messaged me after the date. I no, think, I think it's okay to message after the date, but I wouldn't necessarily no, write after the date me after on another one. Asking me on another one. People are, I think people would be like, well, if you were into him, you'd probably be dead. And like, Correct. maybe But I, I also think if you were into someone, you'd be upset if they didn't text you. But I think there's a difference between like texting after a date to just say something and texting after a date to ask you to go out again. And I also think that if it's if you've only had a first date, you should not be like asking them like why. Like I said, I was I said like my classic nice text that was basically like had a nice time with you, think you're a cool guy, feel friend. I feel like friend vibes. I don't feel rom- like romantic something like that. And then he like asked me to clarify, and I was like, I don't really have a reason to give you. Like I really just don't feel romantic vibe. And he like. I think one or two times, like he literally tried to clarify like at least three times what the reason was. And I'm just like, dude, we just met. I've only known you for two hours. Okay, if I well, say I'm not feeling it, I'm not feeling it. Like, just accept you it. You gotta like, respect it a little bit though, because some people just want to grow. We gotta hope that the man just wanted to grow. Yeah, from- I mean, like, not, you know what? Your people know. just happens good good vibes right like i can we got hope he was a mensch and just he, wanted to no he was a mensch i can although i'm not a fan of a guy asking why after one date because i think it's a little much even if he asks once okay i guess i can maybe try to give you a pass but to then ask like a second or third time it just like it's too much especially after one date and you know I, there's guys that gone out with for like five or six dates and then and then end a date. Imagine and- we plan the worst date for Marla and then tell the guy to do exactly that. Hey, can we have another date? Why was it bad, Marla? Please. Like I've been out with guys on like for like five or six dates or over the course of like maybe one to two months where they ask when, why when I end it. And I'm like, okay, I can understand that because we really were just starting to get to know each other and starting to form a bond and like right. maybe it came out of like nowhere. So I get it. But I feel like after a first date, it's just like most commonly, if it's after a first date, it's probably just that the person just didn't feel a vibe. Like that's it. Cause you don't really know them that well to I get that. Like, it also depends know? how much you were talking before the first date, I think. Yeah. I think yeah. that's that's crucial because I've had first dates like after a long period of time to mm-hmm. meet and whatever. But yeah, I would say for the majority, the first dates that I had. They all reached out afterwards and I respected it. Like specifically also with Jack, like after we met for the first time, like he made it his duty to then reach out, call me and was like, Hey, I have zero intentions of like being with anyone else. I'm like, me too. He's like, cool. I'm like, whoa, easy. I also think you guys had a very amazing first meeting and it was obvious on both ends that's that true you, you know that's I mean? true but also just like and you be, talked for so much before you actually that's true that's true month and a half yes it's just good it's just good to sometimes be straight up it's like we can't tell the men be straight up 
and then get mad when they try to get feedback right so we got to find like the middle ground like how can we make Mm. both people happy how can we let them take and learn something from this the fact that he wanted to first of all let's also just be like this is marla's worst best problem to have because she's a hot commodity (laughs) and someone's clearly upset enough to like ask want to ask questions he thought it was because of his age. And I was like, it is a compliment, honestly. I know, but I just, ugh, it just like, like take, just take the rejection and go. <laughs> Maybe that's mean. I don't know. I think for you, it's because you've been on more than the appropriate amount of dates that mm-hmm. a typical person would go on. And you almost know too much of what you want. Mm-hmm. You and I are almost like backwards in regards to the dating world because I knew everything I didn't want. I didn't know what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I also wasn't like with people for long periods of time. And I feel like you had that, those experiences like prior. Mm-hmm. So you like understood more about dating like before. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like, and I almost feel like that can make you even like have a harder time dating because you just have more lists. Like for me, like I walked in being like, oh my God, like a door opening. Whoa. Like, no, it's, it, it's actually a really good point you're making. I almost about, I almost wish I, I didn't want to say this to him because I feel like it would have been a, a rude thing to say, but I almost wish I could be like, it's not about you. It's about the fact that I have gone out with so many guys the past five years and I've dated around so much that I know exactly what I want and I don't want to waste anyone's time. And so like, there's no point in us going on a second date when I know from just one date, it's not there. And it's nothing bad about you. It's just that I know exactly what I'm looking for because of my like experience. setting you back though? Like, do you feel no, like you've been willing no. to tailor any of it? Do you feel like any of it is unreasonable? No, because there's so many guys that I've gone out with that I've given them that I've given second and third and the occasional even fourth date to because I wasn't a hundred percent sure where I felt about them. Like I've had plenty of guys where I wasn't a hundred percent after one date, but I still gave them multiple chances that I just feel like I know like sometimes I'll have dates and it's either like I know a hundred percent I want to see them again. I'm not sure I want to see them again, but like I'm in between, like maybe I could, maybe I couldn't. And I usually will see them again. Or right. there's like the third where it's like, you know what? I just really wasn't feeling it. And so like, I don't want to waste my time and I don't want to waste his time. And like, that's how I felt with this specific guy, like great guy, super nice. But it's just yeah. like, we did not click on this date. And I'm like, I just know if we go out again, it's, it's, we're not going to click on a second date either. And I'm just not. It's I'm so not, I've dated enough now that like I don't want to waste my time, but like I also don't want to waste his time. You know either. what you want, but you also don't ghost. Like you have this like strategic like messaging process, like yeah. as if you're like, in office, like Marla Friedson LLC, like rejecting. Like, I know. I'm like it's almost like I want. And well, the only good part about him asking me out the same night is that I was able to send that text back that I'm not interested the same night. So I, he just knew right away that it was got it out of the way. Yeah, exactly. Got you can't be mad at him. Honestly, be happy. No, at him. I'm not mad that at you him. You didn't have to do it for him. He did it for himself. Yeah, I know. I wouldn't say I'm mad at him. It's more just like I think it's interesting because I feel like from a girl's perspective, like maybe it's different because we don't always ask guys out. But I'm like, unless it was a thousand percent clear that a guy was really into me, I feel like I wouldn't like be so forward. Mm-hmm. Just maybe it's a, maybe it's like it's just a different where guys even when they're not sure will just be forward anyways but maybe that's like a guy thing i'm not really sure guys don't always know what they want i think yeah. 
it's more of a girl thing. Like what I've found is that my girlfriends growing up would be like, oh, I want to get married by this age. I want a kid by this age. I want, right. I was the one in the friend group that was not thinking like that at all. And mm. I know for a fact, my head was like my guy friends who just, it was just not on their minds. Yeah. And then like, you know, I was the type of person that like that would then come into place like when it was meant to happen like right life, life's gonna happen like when it's meant to be it'll be yeah and I noticed that that philosophy in some ways when you either know what you want or you put age limits on yourself like mm -hmm. you end up disappointing yourself with with too much like ruling mm -hmm. like I don't think you've ever said to me Libby if this doesn't happen by this age I'll be upset you just kind of said to me, Libby, my priority is dating and I know what I want in dating. And I think that's a really valid way to go about yeah. it. I mean, but don't get me wrong. I think, sorry. It's I think that, yeah. Well, I mean, Forever. guys, guys don't, I feel like the, the biggest reason guys probably don't think about it as much is because they don't have that, you know, tick, tick body clock in their mind. You know, guys could get married at like almost 40 and like still totally have a family. Okay, but here's something people don't talk about a lot. I think that we we say that like, oh, the guys don't care, whatever. But there is a lot of pressure when you get married and the guys kind of like, oh, I'm not emotionally ready to yes. actually be that person that takes all this ownership. Not that women don't. Right. But I almost feel like they they have this image of what a marriage looks like in their heads. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I'm not ready to put in that work. Yeah. Oh, no, I agree with you 100%. I think that a lot of times guys get pressure of like, I think a lot of it's financial is they feel like they have to be financially prepared before taking that step. Whereas I think the reality is most couples and most families out there, you just do it and like you figure it out along the way. And that's and scary think, too. No, 100%. It, it can be scary. 100%. Yeah. Like I'm still figuring out my career. Yeah. I'm 24. And to some of my friends, that was the age they wanted to be married by. And I'm like, yeah, not me. This time where I'm like, I want to feel confident about what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. That was always, that was always first and foremost, like important to me, but also mm -hmm. like, you know, being able to, to be with someone who's like on the same page as you and that those conversations aren't hard to speak about I yeah. think is so important because yeah I would I I don't know I just kind of found that being the person in the friend group that didn't set those ages it just came naturally mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I almost think that when you set ages you disappoint yourself like was I hoping to be on Disney Channel by like 19? Like, yeah. Like, did I make myself upset? Yeah. Like, why would I tell myself that? Like, mm -hmm. that I was going to be the next Hannah Montana? Like, girl, like that was one show. That was yeah. one in a million. One in a million. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, it's just. I think people, it's okay for people to say, oh, I would hope to have or hope to be, you know, this by this age. But like, you yeah. can't like. Once you say things out loud, though, I'm weird about that. I'm weird about that. Once you say things out loud, you almost like force yourself that it has to happen by then. Yeah. So you're like, in the way. You yeah. Correct. Correct. So I my advice for the girlies is to put those Pinterest boards away for a little bit and and also realize if you're going to put age limits on things you want to happen in your life, make sure you're flexible and sensitive to yourself that you're not like 
making yourself upset yeah. or setting yourself up for disappointment. Yeah. I think it's kind of like the same thing with dating. Also, I just want to bring up one point really quick. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Job searching and dating. I just want to push the two together for a second and just say that if there's anything I've learned in the past two, three years, graduating college, it's that getting a job rejection is the equivalent of a dating rejection in the sense that you're going into it. It's that first date, that first conversation, it's going well. You think that you read the vibes. They can either ghost you, not answer you about a next round, whatever it might be. Um, or they can give you false hope. They could tell you, oh yeah, we're looking for this role, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Role doesn't exist anymore. AKA, oh, I am in a serious relationship. I'm looking for a serious relationship. And then it's like, actually just kidding. I'm not ready. Yeah. So I just think it's really interesting. It's hard. It's hard to get it all. It's hard to win all those battles. And if you're religious, they're even more similar because you have a resume for both. <laughs> and there's a reason for that. Like, the mechanics are similar like yeah you are dating your work they're paying you for your work it's a two-way partnership Mm -hmm. whereas like you're in a relationship it's about two people not one you have to make your boss happy and you have to make you happy Mm -hmm. and you could get a job but it might not be the right job you could get a relationship but it might not be the right relationship yeah like, I don't know. No, no, That's no. Just something I've really learned. And, and, you know, I, I think that someone's career or someone's like home life or relationship, like one will always be better than the other. It's hard to always have all mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's really true. Lots of advice to come in these next episodes. Mm-hmm. Lots of, you know, job to relationship similarities amazing guests who are really going to touch upon subjects we haven't really brought up before mm-hmm. we also are getting bigger and bigger um which we're super excited about mm-hmm. and we get to watch their careers flourish as you know people from season one we had on I feel like all of them are like thriving but yes guys tune in for much fun this season mm-hmm. Libby and Marla can't wait to have you on and we want you guys to be more part of it so dm us your stories questions answers life goals whatever you have for us we want to hear it so message us dm us email us follow us schmuck boys official on tiktok us yeah and yeah schmuck boys out because you're just a schmuck Boy